Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Res Hockey. This is episode number 96. Uh, My name is Trev, and with me is my co-host. His name is Bush. What's up, Bush? Not much. Not much. Feeling good, though. Feeling good? Looking? Yeah. Feeling good, looking good. Yeah. It's funny that we're doing the show and after Bush and I spent pretty much the whole week together. Yeah. Sleeping in hotels together, eating together, flying yeah. together. But uh we'll talk about that in in a bit. So yeah. yeah. Uh episode number ninety six. We're getting closer to the big uh one zero zero. So that's uh yeah, sorry. A, what the hell's wrong with you? I still got some going on in my throat. I got some phlegm still. A little bit of congestion. Are you, are you sure it's phlegm? You're positive. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Bush and I, we are recording res hockey on the tr- traditional land of the Anishinaabe. Um, we are currently on Treaty 3 territory, so we just want to give a shout-out and give a, a land acknowledgement to... To where we are recording, so we thought we'd just so give out some love and respect. So, um, our guest, our guest for this week, he's a former NHLer, uh, Olympic gold medalist, Stanley Cup champion. The list goes on and on and on. Yeah, he was probably one of the better players back in the nineties. Um, he had quite the career. Uh, our guest for this week is Mister Theo Fleury. So I'm looking forward to uh, talking to Theo later on and talk some hockey and all the crazy stuff he he used to do back in the day. Well, I'm sure a lot of you already know his story and he has a couple of books out. So have you ever read his book? Yes, I have. It's a great book. Great book. Yeah. I have it somewhere here. He signed it too. So, Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I have it. Uh, yeah, I have it upstairs. Actually, yeah, I read it when it, when he first released it, so I was really gung ho yeah, about reading like, his stories. Like when that book came out a while back, it was like number one seller. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So yeah, Theo's gonna Theo's gonna join us on the show later on. Uh, shout outs. Do you have any shout outs for this week for episode oh, ninety six? I have lots. Oh, where do we start? Holy crap. I want to give a shout out to my boy Bill DeFazio, my team captain, one of my good friends, my draft family. Um, just oh, I can't remember. Jake met who the hell did I go with? Jake? I, I was Jake Muzzer. Yeah, I was calling Jake Damas. Yeah, Jake Muzzer, when I golfed, uh, he really treated me like a brother when and, uh, he listened to me and uh, we just hit it off superbly. It's great. Great camaraderie, great friendship, great brotherhood, and the list goes on with with my draft team that I was paired with. Bill DeFazio, as I mentioned, my goalie. Like I did, did Brand, Brandon. I'm sorry if I if I brutalize your names, but uh, Brandon <laughs> Petretto. I can't remember. He's a really he's a super cool guy. Not really good golf. Oh, good golfer. He's a really good pocket player. He's got some skill. Do talk to him a little. Talk to him a little bit in the draft room where where we play, where he played and everything is nice. You just learn different about different people, different uh, where they play, where they come from, and it's really, really cool. Um, 
my list goes yeah who else like there's a lot of people you can you just don't want to say a shot to the giraffe family there's certain individuals you want to pick and choose but the list can go the list can go on like all sunday you can just pick everybody yeah like um i play with a lot of good people on my team <clears throat> uh charlie clay who else well like you mentioned mr uh Mr. Worldwide, your golfing buddy there. Um, what's his name again? You just mentioned his name. Jake Muzzer. Jake, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Cindy and thank Arnie and the team. Arnie yeah. for giving up a spot for me. Uh, KP, uh, Sprinkles. I mean, there's so many people we could name and Mark take. Mark McLaughlin, I think his name is. He does. They do all the jerseys. They bring all the jerseys in. They explain the rules. Yeah. So cool. So yeah, it was a really, uh, really fun weekend. Uh, Bush and I. Whoa, excuse me. I shouldn't have teased you because now I got something in my throat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Bush and I was. Uh, we went to Phoenix. We went to Phoenix, yes. Arizona, for to play in a draft tournament. Uh, for people who do not know what a draft tournament is, go ahead, Bush, explain it. It is a tournament where any player, male, female, can sign up at the regardless of your skill level. Doesn't matter if, if you just learned to skate this year, um, or if you've been skating for as long as Trevor has. <laughs> or if you've been skating, uh, you you mentioned a couple years ago you played with someone in their 60s yeah yeah like there's no age limit there's no the well they do want you to be 18 and over yeah 18 and over liability and waivers but i there's a there's a wide variety of age ages i mean me i'm i keep forgetting i'm i'm getting up there i'm 48 years old (laughs) it's yeah like there's different skill like from beginners to former junior players and former yeah. college players. So it's it's really good and it's really fun. Um there's no no one there's no what's the word? There's no assholes, I guess you could say, no. right? Like everyone's no, nice, everyone's super friendly and no <laughs> one thinks that they're better than each other out there. Well there's a couple of guys who still think they're gonna get scouted, but it is what it is. But it's overall it's a fun Fun tournament. It's uh, yep. you're not playing for money, really. You just it's a social hockey tournament, and uh, we totally uh, recommend you playing in one of their tournaments. It's fun. You meet you meet a lot of cool people, and you meet you uh, make friendships that that yep. last a very long time. So, um, my team, I was on Team Red. And unfortunately, we ended up 0-5 for the weekend. Um, we played three games Saturday, two games Sunday. And I just wasn't a good Sunday player. I mean, like, yeah, it does suck to lose. But overall, it was fun. Like All the yeah. last, we had a new dress room and on the bench. But I only got mad once because someone called me, <laughs> called me a cherry picker. And I told him that F off. <laughs> I told him F you. Then I gave him a two-hander, which he didn't like. No, so and it's the funny thing is he's one of the organizers for the tournament. So <laughs> yeah, so like if you're gonna call me something on the on the bench, you're gonna 
get a good whack for me. I don't care who you are. So, <laughs> but uh, how'd your team do? Why well, I, I played for Team Pink. <laughs> uh, we went three and zero on Saturday. Uh, the first game we decimated ten five. But the very very last game we had our we had our work cut out for us, so we probably should have lost that because we played Team Red. Yeah. And uh, I want to say that I've never seen Trevor get so snake bitten for goals. Post, <laughs> post some someone's random stick gets in the way. Someone just a freak goalie pad save is just is bizarre. Like he's, yeah. he's easy. <laughs> I was missing missing a lot yeah. of nets, like easy net, like easy. I'm I had to puck. Okay, one game I had a puck on this my stick. I had a wide open net, and the goalie didn't know where the puck is, and I shot it through the crease. <laughs> Like we played Bush Bush's team Saturday night, and I should have had lots of goals, but I only <laughs> scored two. And Bush's team beat us three, three, two, only but, three, uh, two. And then uh, we lost our game Saturday. We lost. We, we lost in the last like a minute or a lot, the last two minutes of the each period. So except the except the final, the B final, we lost to uh, uh, Team Blue, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, they we were we were playing catch up from the whole game. Come from behind, yeah. They they just got out early, and we just couldn't we couldn't claw back. And uh, but it was all for fun. Is there's a lot of laughs in the dressing rooms after, and it's it just it's a fun fun tournament. I really encourage everybody to sign up to one of these. You guys had five defensemen on your team. Is it hard to play with five different defensemen because each shift you're having a different defenseman partner right so you can't really yep. create that chemistry and every every shift is going to be different from the last one because you have a different deep partner right absolutely it's hard to get it's hard to gel because the guy's only out there for 20 seconds and then you you're out there with the, with the different guy the next shift who doesn't play the way you're expected and it's just it's frustrating they were only out there for 20 seconds like short yeah, shifts. yeah i was short shifts yeah but really? that was on purpose though that's because I wanted to get back in a rotation where I was with certain other uh, certain defensemen. Yeah. Because I wanted to get back out there with him because because it's just yeah I played better. I knew where he was going to be, uh, all that, and yeah. I mean, the, the weather was perfect though. Oh yeah, it was you... hot, high twenties. <laughs> we got there Wednesday, so like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, everything was high twenties, high like yeah. 20 plus 25 to plus 30. So, and we come back here to Northwestern Ontario and it's snow. It's snowing and it's cold. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was really, uh, I love the weather. Mm -hmm. Um, but the thing is, like, every time I travel somewhere, I'm such a shitty packer. (laughs) Like, I brought one pair of pants and (laughs) rig when I hate packing. Yeah. Um, some of the other things that we did while we were in Phoenix, uh, Bush and I, along with our buddy Heinze, who came with us, we went to the Montreal Canadiens and Phoenix Coyotes game, which Coyotes play out of Mullet Arena on Arizona State University campus. That was yeah. a weird game, eh? Like, I mean, the yeah. atmosphere. There's a, there's a penalty shot within the first, like, three minutes. Yeah, and the people beside us in the next next couple rows, the next sections, holy oh, man, were they loud and like screaming? 
Yeah. Like as if they're gonna have an impact to the ref <laughs> on whatever he calls. They're like yelling at the top of their lungs. It's like holy jeez. But yeah, uh Mullet Arena is five thousand people and it still didn't sell out. It's I don't know, like if you can't sell an NHL game out with a capacity of 5,000 people, you shouldn't have an NHL team. Yeah. I think it's time for Gary Bettman and the NHL to pull the plug on that Coyotes team, especially with the Montreal Canadiens team. Uh, Original six team, and if you can't sell out to a team like that, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, they didn't have much food options. I mean, I think they had no. one, one, two, three different foods. They had like a chicken place, a pizza place, and a a taco place. So yeah, talk yeah. It was it was something weird, like that. Uh, I, slice, I, that slice of pizza a, was like nineteen bucks. It, I know, but it was a quarter slice of pizza. It wasn't just one. Yeah, it was a big slice. Then it was maybe <laughs> two to three slices. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was, uh, it was weird. It was, it was cool. I mean, I'm not a Montreal fan or Coyotes fan, but it was cool to, you were very close to the, to the game compared if you're going to go to Toronto <laughs> or Calgary yeah. or Edmonton, right? But, uh, yeah, it was, it was really fun. Um, what else? One thing I like, I had a good laugh about every every night we had, uh, well, every night before we were going to bed, you would go to bed so fast. Is there something like, what do you call that when, when you... It's an like, acquired what, skill. Like Bush would put his head down and talk mid-sentence and all of a sudden it was quiet. And <laughs> then he starts snoring. <laughs> Like I thought, I I thought I fall asleep uh, fast, but Bushes just puts his head on the pillow and he's out. <laughs> and I heard Bort, uh, Bort, Bush fart. You did not. They did. No. I uh, he 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 took his old man pee in the middle <laughs> of the night and I woke yeah. me up again, <laughs> and he just let one rip. <laughs> 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 I should have just started laughing. Yeah. We had a kind of an incident. Um, Bush went golfing th- Friday, no, Thursday, Friday. And I went to go yeah. pick him at the golf for- golf course Friday afternoon. And there was a couple guys that we knew and guys who are going to be playing in the hockey tournament in the golf uh, at the golf course parking lot. And this guy that Bush knows this guy's an American. He's from Boston area, and the way and he he was ex- trying to talk to his wife about Bush, and he goes and and Bush, he's a reservation Indian, and I was like, <laughs> he was st- he was like right by my door, and I was like, what the f- actual <laughs> fuck? Did he just say that? Like I didn't know how to react, or should, like should I have laughed and or should I just should have punched him just the way he sounded <laughs> when he. Like, I don't know what, what's up with those Americans. Bush, he's a reservation Indian. Like, what else? <laughs> like, I just, I've never ever heard someone say that before. And I was <laughs> in total shock. 
Uh, yeah. Like, we won't mention like any he, names and who said it, but like, I don't know. Like, did he mean, like, what did no. he mean by that? Like, a reservation Indian. Like, what else is it? Like, he says, he should have said, and here's Bush, a proud Native American. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. I am American, right? By birth. Yeah, Oops. you are. You effing Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> what else do I have on my list? I made a list of things that to talk about on the show about the draft tournament. So I put draft tourney Phoenix, Bush falling asleep fast. <laughs> Trav farting around Bush, which I did all the time. I didn't like that. When I fart around you, does it make you uncomfortable? No, it doesn't. No? No. No, you don't feel bad for me or anything? Or like Heinze. Okay, our buddy Heinze is his first tournament. This guy has like, I thought I had a really fast digestive system, like with my gallbladder and having problems with it. But with Heinze, this guy eats. And two minutes later, he's like he's, he's on a shitter. <laughs> I know. I mean, he has a fast digestive system. Like we were on the second floor at our, our hotel. We'd have breakfast every morning. Then by the time we walk back to the room, he has to go. And it's like a two-minute walk. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was funny. He's like, shit. So, uh, yeah, it's so hot. It didn't make you feel uncomfortable every time Heinz and I farted in a hotel room around you for nope. someone who who doesn't fart well i you just i pick and choose when to <laughs> do you have the silent ones silent but violent i have no uh, maybe you fart in your sleep though i don't know what you're talking about Oh, what else? Okay, Phoenix weather. We talked about that. Yeah. Mullet Arena. We talked about that. WestJet. 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 Fuck, they're just as bad as Air Canada. Fucking WestJet. Okay, when when we when we checked our luggage into Winnipeg, flying to Phoenix without nothing, without a hitch, without incident, they grabbed our hockey bags, weighed them. Even if the, it was too heavy, we had to put them in the oversize. We had to carry them to the oversize. And then they made us carry our sticks to the oversize. And then we watched our sticks go into wherever they go to the to get their luggage. So it goes there right away. Phoenix, however, they took our luggage first. And then they put our sticks off to the side, on the, on the side of a wall. It's like they, It's like they said, oh, yeah, we'll get to them later. It's like, did you get that vibe when when they when they when they stacked all of our sticks? Yeah. To like, <laughs> and then um, <clears throat> there. I think then when we landed in uh, Winnipeg, uh, unbeknownst to us, our sticks didn't come with us until uh, until we were waiting for the oversized to come out. Yeah. And that was at eleven. That was at eleven thirty at night. So I didn't want to stick around and. Just wanted to go home. <laughs> so you, so you made a claim on the the WestJet app, and yes. So when so what you do is you you keep your luggage, uh, keep your luggage slips of paper, always, no matter what, and then um, 
you go into the WAP WAP app website or the or the desktop version, whatever you whatever you prefer, and then you type in your all your luggage uh, stuff and hopefully they hopefully it actually gets read and maybe someone will actually call you or email you. It sucks but, considering like you live two hours east of Winnipeg. Yeah. So do you like when they have your sticks, like do you have to travel from Winnipeg? I mean from Kenora all the way to Winnipeg or do they deliver it? I asked if I put on the website if uh, on the draw one of the drop down menus options, I asked if they could uh, mail it to me. Yeah. But yeah, sucks on you, Westchat. <laughs> yeah. Like they get better for F sakes. I mean, they lost three players sticks. Well, fourth, consider our friend Lonnie, who lives in Regina. They lost his sticks as well. So I think it was just that flight from uh Phoenix to Calgary. But yeah. But uh overall, what would you rate this tournament out of ten? The Phoenix tournament that you played in this past weekend? Probably an easy 12 out of 10. You think so? I'm going back. Yeah. I think the only problem that I had about the draft tournament, excuse me, excuse me, was um, in the draft, like the draft rounds. Like I was in a round with a bunch of 20 year old kids. (laughs) I mean, same with Lonnie. Lonnie's probably the same age as you, old as fuck. But uh, we're in a round with 20 year old kids. Like, why are you putting us in a round with 20 year old kids when we're like out of like big and old and out of shape? (laughs) I think that's the only thing I had a problem with. Like, like these kids that were in my round were flying, right? Like, the guy, yeah, the the kid on your team was was flying. Like, yeah, that's that Brandon, uh, uh, Petrotto, Petrotto. Yeah, he was, he let let our team in scoring, he's flying. Like, why put me in a row? Like, like, like uh, sprinkles. He should be in that that round. Like, huh? and yeah. he put himself in that shitty round. Like, why? Just what do you want to be picked and picked first? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand that. Because sprinkles is a pretty good hockey player, and he flies, man. He's a good defenseman. He's so rushed why, the puck and great. So why was he in a round with lesser talented players? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's the only thing I. Only problem I had about the draft is like him being a, in a round with lesser talented players and having me in a in a round where he should have been. But other than that, it was fun, fun meeting up with old friends and uh, meeting new friends and having a yeah. good time. So, but yeah, that's the only issue I had. I um out of ten, I would probably give it a seven, just because that experience. So. Seven out of ten. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's head to our uh, interview. Yeah, with, I, uh, I was in an older round. Well, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at all the players. And, yeah, I'm I'm in an older round. <laughs> Ever sound surprised enough? You, yeah, you sound surprised and offended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah, and then uh actually me and James, me and Heinz had a little bit of mortality thought after you but we dropped you off. He's like, it's hard to believe, eh? For almost 50, 48 years old. 
I'm just kind of thinking about that on the way home. I was like, yeah, you know what? Holy crap. I am old. I'm old. <laughs> oh, perfect. another shout out. If he's listening, I, I want to give a shout out to Jacob Furge for getting a group rate or whatever group, a uh, bunch of group tickets for the uh, Coyotes game. Oh. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's secured 10. I think he secured 10 of them. Like out of his own money, out of his own pocket. And then, uh, yeah. And then, well, I mean, we all paid him back, obviously, but. Yeah, it was a really fun time. I think it's, uh, that's the cool thing about these draft tournaments is just the things you do away from the ice. And Mm -hmm. you're lucky enough to go hang out with a lot of good people. And uh, yeah, I totally would uh, recommend one of their tournaments. And uh, they have a Facebook page, draft tournament, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Go to their website. Uh, drafttournament.com and we'll put some links up on our socials and try one out you'll 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 love it you instantly love it yep you don't have to be as good as bush but uh yeah it's for anyone anyone and everyone so, yeah so uh yeah let's head to our interview with uh, mr flurry let's go okay let's go Hey guys, for uh, episode 96, Res Hockey is proud to have our guest for this week. He is from Calgary, Alberta. He's a former uh, Calgary Flame, which uh, Bush is not a fan of, I don't think, with him being oh, an Oilers fan. Why did you can't... tell him that? <laughs> I, before, you, uh, before you came on, I told <laughs> you that you were an Oilers fan. Uh, Res Hockey, well, would like to welcome uh, Mr. Theo Fleur to the show. Welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to see you uh, guys. Good to see you. Uh, I was doing a lot of chirping before we recorded because with our, <laughs> our senior hockey days and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's uh, good to good to have you on the show and uh, we'll get us started. Uh, favorite NHL moment. What comes to mind when when someone asks you what's your favorite moment? Oh, man. I don't know. There's too many. Um, I would say... Instead of a moment, um, you know, pretty much my whole entire life, everybody said, you're too small. You're never going to make it. You're too small. You're never going to make it. You're never going to play one game in the National Hockey League. And the simple fact that, you know, I played for 15 years. I played over 1,100 games, uh, including playoffs, average, you know, 1100 points um and uh yeah got to be a part of some big moments in hockey um and play with the greatest players and against the greatest players i think in the greatest era of hockey that there was so um you know i think uh you know when you become a professional it's about winning, you know, like they, they don't pay a millions of dollars to lose. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's about winning. And, and for me, you know, I had lots of incredible winning opportunities as a professional and as a junior too. And, uh, you know, like I have six, like they're right here, right behind me here. I have six, different championship rings that I won in my career 
And, uh, <clears throat> you know, to me, that's what it's all about is about um, winning, right? The bottom line is winning. And, and, uh, um, and when you don't win, uh, you know, it's a disappointment, right? It's a, it's a disappointment and, you know, that forces you to work harder the next summer and get yourself in better shape and, you know, all those things. So, um, so yeah, I, I would say, you know, World Junior, Stanley Cup, Turner Cup, Canada Cup, you know, Olympic gold medal, you know, they're all special and they're all different, right? They're all yeah. different experiences. But, you know, I don't know how many, I don't know too many guys that have six different championship rings. Maybe Niedermeyer comes to mind. But other than that, you know, um, very proud to, you know, and, you know, I have three, three of my most important jerseys on the wall. There's my Olympic jersey, there's yeah. my Canada Cup jersey, and there's my uh, Stanley Cup from 89. So, yeah. Yeah, the jerseys in the back. What team was better, your uh, your uh, Canada Cup or your Olympic? The Olympic team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about it. Uh, I played on the fourth line with Joe Newendike and Brandon Shanahan. <laughs> 1,500 1, career goals and over 3,000 points combined. And we were the fourth line. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good team. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, put it in perspective. Yeah. That's a uh, fourth line. That's, I don't know. I can't really fathom that unless you're at that level, I guess. Like, <laughs> um, okay. Best player played against and your best player played with. Hmm. Well, you know what I find funny is, you know, when a McDavid comes along or an Austin Matthews comes along and every, or Connor Bedard, you know, and people, you know, freak out and lose their minds. Well, when I was playing, there was 40 of those guys in the league, mm-hmm. right? Eisenman, Gretzky, Lemieux, Sackick, Forsberg, Lindros, you know, Newendike, Gilmore, Sundine, like you know, the list goes on and on and on and on. And so, um, I would say, you know, the greatest player was Gretzky with a close second to Mario. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, and I got to play with both those guys, right? I played with Gretz in 98 Olympics and then I played with Mario in the 2002 Olympics. So, you know, great guys, amazing leaders uh i I would say they're even better people than they are uh players you know and uh as uh you know as a hockey player you know it's very rare that you get to be around greatness and you know you can learn so much from just observing those guys how they prepare how they treat people, you know, how they treat their families, you know, how they treat the fans, you know. So, you know, it it's such a, you know, it's it's 
you know, it's like mentorship, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I remember I walked into, uh, the 2002 dressing room and first of all, I was looking for my Jersey. So I found my Jersey and I looked to the left. It was Joe Sackick. And I looked to the right and it's Mario Lemieux. So I sat in between Mario and Joe. And I said to myself, what the hell am I doing here? You know? <laughs> so I was, you know, I was kind of in awe. Like I was kind of in awe. Um, but, you know, once the tournament started, you know, you, you, you realize that you belong there and you have a job to do and a role to play. And, and uh, yeah, it turned out, turned out spectacular. It did. Yeah. Right there. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Battle of Alberta. Hanging on my little mini mini Stanley Cup there. So, yeah, I see it. That's unreal. (laughs) Uh, Battle of Alberta. The Flames and Oilers had some epic playoff battles. How was it playing in such a such an intense rivalry? Well, as a player, um, you know those are the kind of series that you want to play in, right? Because um i think it challenges you in every aspect of your game you know um and the series that we played in 1991 you know when we were getting dressed uh we weren't putting on our equipment we were putting on a suit of armor and we were going to war because we were trying to kill each other like literally hurt each other Every shift of every minute of every game, but you know how you know guys slash each other now. Yeah, we were like going like this, full baseball <laughs> swing as hard as we could, and we were hoping to hit bone with wooden sticks. <laughs> with wood- <laughs> well, no, there was there. You remember the old double fiberglass coho sticks? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh. It was a war. It was a war, and you know, game six, as you guys are all have are all familiar with the maybe one of the greatest goal overtime goal celebrations of all time. You know, um, yeah, it was an amazing series, and uh, and you know what? I don't think it, it didn't matter who won the series because whoever moved on to the next round had absolutely nothing left. Like I played the whole series with a second degree separated shoulder. I had a second degree tear in my right knee. I was getting shot up with Novocaine before the game, you know, and, uh, but that's why we play the game is, is, you know, for those moments and for those opportunities and, and, uh, I to this day I I think it's probably one of the greatest series that was ever played in the in the history of the game. So and unfortunately we lost in game 7 in overtime but <laughs> uh you know it was a great series and and amazing to be a part of. All right as I've given up a cro- couple cross-sized passes the way you intercepted that. Can you just explain, like, were you hoping Messi was going to cross-ice pass that, or were you just kind of taking a little bit of a chance there? 
Uh, well, I saw that he was coming up, you know, would have been the, the left side of the ice. And, you know, I knew that he liked to pull up and then find the late guy. Mm -hmm. And I saw that he was, I anticipated that he was going to do that. And I can't remember if it was Anderson or Simpson that were, was, you know, breaking down that far wing and he just didn't get enough air under the puck. And, you know, I was able to step in and, and, uh, you know, win a, win a one on one skating race with Jeff Bookaboom, which <laughs> I hope I, I hope I can beat that guy. And then, you know, um, you know, my specialties were breakaways. I very rarely missed breakaways and, uh, you know, Grant went down and just gave me enough room for the for the puck <laughs> to go go between his legs, and you know the rest is history. <laughs> um, okay, so you represented Canada a couple times. How was it playing for your country? Uh, so when I was sixteen, Hockey Canada started the program of excellence. Do you remember that? Yeah. And so I was one of the first guys to go through the program of excellence. And so I played for Canada 10 times. Okay. So I played under 17, under 18, two world juniors, two world championships, uh, a Canada cup and a world cup of hockey and two Olympic games. So, you know, um, and every time, you know, you put the the maple leaf on your chest, you know, uh, it's special. Because, you know, you think of how many kids play hockey in Canada and you're considered one of the 23 best hockey players in the whole entire country. And so not only representing yourself and Team Canada, but you're representing every guy who ever had a dream of, you know, playing in the National Hockey League, but, you know, playing in the World Junior or the World Championship or Canada Cups, World Cups, you know, Olympics. And, uh, you know, in Canada, we don't play for bronze or silver medals, right? It's gold or nothing, right? So, but, you know, that's that's great you know, that's, that's why we play the game is, you know, yeah. to be in those situations where, you know, you have those opportunities to win and, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was amazing. Uh, every time didn't matter what age, what level, you know, it was special always to, you know, to wear that Jersey. Uh, 1987, you were part of that uh, team Canada team that uh, had that, infamous line brawl team team brawl against team russia uh you and everett sunny pass who is mcmahon from uh, new brunswick mm -hmm. how was it uh how like talk about that for a little bit like how how was that and how did it all come down well uh you know at that time it was only a round robin tournament and the team with the best record after the round robin won the gold medal so uh, we played Russia in the final game and Russia had had their worst world junior tournament ever. They were going to finish sixth, no matter if they beat us or not. 
And I think we had to win by four goals in order to have a chance to, to win the gold medal. And, uh, and it was a really chippy, dirty kind of, you know, it was like kind of, it's kind of like an old fashioned junior, junior hockey game, you know, back home. Right. Yeah. Where every, every night there was a line brawl or a bench clearing <laughs> brawl or whatever it was. Right. And this, this game was no different. And, uh, yeah. And it was, it was kind of interesting because, you know, we we basically brawled for about 45 minutes, right? And, uh, you know, like, we killed those guys. Like, they didn't know how to fight at all. So, <laughs> you know. And that might have been, probably could have been, one of the toughest world junior teams ever, right? Ever. And uh, And so, you know, we had, like, 10 guys that were could really you know chuck them right so we absolutely destroyed those guys (laughs) and then you know we're kind of you know we're cleaning up the ice and we go back into the dressing room and we're thinking you know let's go back out and finish the game well the uh the president of hockey canada at the time was a guy named dennis mcdonald and he came into the room and Basically said, yeah, they they just kicked us out of the tournament. <laughs> Why? You know, because like I said, you know, back home, that was happening every night, yeah. every game. There was either a line brawl or a bench clearing brawl, or you know, guys were going up into the stands and fighting the fans. You know, it was like <laughs> crazy. So yeah, so we ended up getting disqualified. Didn't get a medal, but. You know what happened the next year was was pretty special because we all got to go back, and the World Junior was in Moscow in, in the Soviet Union, so right in right in their <laughs> backyard, and the Russians had a line of Fedorov, McGilney, and Uray oh, <laughs> was their top line, and so we beat them three to two in the same rink that Paul Henderson scored the goal in 1972 and, uh, and we won the gold medal and I was captain of uh, captain of the team. And uh, yeah, what a feeling that was. Wow. Yeah. And Joe Sackick was our fourth line centerman on that team. (laughs) Holy (laughs) man. Yeah. 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 So was a pretty cool experience. Well, I think we had we had twelve first round draft picks on that team. Andre, yeah. Um, how would you do in today's NHL? You pretty much can't touch a speedy player without being. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It would be interesting to to see, but you know, like I said earlier, I love the era that I played in. I think Mm -hmm. it's the greatest era. Um in the history of our game, the most, the most superstars, you know? Um, yeah. So I don't know, no red line and nobody can hook and hold you. Jeez. I might get a, I make it might get a hundred breakaways a year. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. It would, it would be interesting to, and you know, the way that the style that I played to, you know, it's similar to the way Brad Marchand plays now, you know, mm-hmm. 
and uh yeah so it'd, it'd be interesting you know i'm sure i'd be a lot more productive than i was kind of in the in the dead puck era you know <laughs> yeah so yeah but you know what the goalies are so good now you know like they're so athletic they're so big they cover so much of the net so you know who knows right <laughs> yeah do you watch much of uh today's nhl i watch the flames uh as much as i can other than that uh i'm uh i'm busy working busy traveling busy you know doing other things and you know my kids are active and busy so you know i'm always doing something so if i'm home you know um and and there's a game on I'll, I'll turn it on and watch it for a bit but i'm a big baseball guy and i'm a massive toronto blue jays guy so i probably watch i don't know 120 of the 160 games that they play every year cuz i was a better baseball player and i was a hockey player so i love baseball love playing it you know loved loved being outside and you know but uh yeah, I, I love watching baseball. Um, you mentioned you do a lot of uh, public speaking. How does it feel knowing that you're helping people make a change in their lives? Yeah. Um, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, I'm just telling my story, you know, and and uh, the weird fact is, is that, you know, my story is is your story, you know, and their story is my story. You know, you take out all the, you know, the hockey stuff and, and all that. And, you know, just from a human perspective, you know, um, we, we've all experienced trauma in our life and, you know, that trauma leaves us in emotional pain and suffering. And it's something that we can't see. You can't see emotional pain. You can see physical pain, but you can't see emotional pain, which causes people to, you know, not want to talk about, you know, what happened to them. And so how do we deal with this, you know, emotional pain and scars that are left behind? Well, we tend to gravitate towards the dark side of life and get involved in addictive behavior as a coping mechanism to suppress you know, the emotional pain that we're experiencing in life and, and, uh, and yeah, so that's all I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to let people know that, you know, even big time NHL superstars, you know, have shit that they got to deal with. And, and, uh, when you don't deal with it, you know, there's a chance you could die, you know, and I was very close to dying, you know, 20 years ago, you know, and to be able to go from that, you know, being a desperate, suicidal, you know, crazy person to being a person now that, you know, I stand on stage and bring people hope and, and uh, try to inspire them that, that, that they can overcome, you know, anything as well. You know, it's a great feeling. And, uh, and 
you know, I've been to 450 of the 630 First Nations communities in Canada. And, you know, you know, I just, Sunday I, I spent four hours in the sweat lodge, you know, and uh, what was kind of interesting is, you know, I'm, I'm there to speak and I'm there to help people. But what really happened is, is in those communities is where I found my spirituality. And I found the creator and I found the grandfathers and the grandmothers, you know, and, and medicine men and spiritual teachers. And, you know, they told me that, you know, the grandfathers and the grandmothers left a whole bunch of tools behind that they knew we were going to need to use to heal. And, uh, and all I did was picked up the tools, right? Picked yeah. up the smudge, grabbed the drum, the rattle, the pipe, the sweat lodge, the powwow, the sun dance, you know, and started participating in ceremony. And when I did that, my life went to a whole complete different level. And, uh, and so I'm grateful for all of those people and all of those communities who kind of took me under their wing and showed me, you know, the indigenous tribal spiritual way of living life. And, and, uh, you know, I believe that the Indigenous community has the greatest untapped resource of medicine on the planet. And what I try to tell people is just pick up the tools and start to use them. And I guarantee you, your life will change. And not only will it change, you will then become a role model. You'll become a leader. And that's what we're lacking in our communities is, is uh, role models and leaders that live, you know, a very sacred spiritual life, you know, off the land and hunting and fishing and, you know, cutting wood and all those things. Like those things are part of who we are as, as, as people, right? Yeah. And, and we've gotten away from that because of the, all the residential school stuff. But the way back to, you know, because we were once very, very powerful people, yeah. right? And we forgot how we were powerful. And we were powerful because of our spirituality and our sense of community and sharing and all of those things were part of who we were. And, you know, when the residential school happened, you know, they brought in all of that trauma, traumatized our people, brought in the church, you know, yeah. and that took us away from, you know, the core of who we were. And that's, we're really spiritual beings, yeah. right? And so that's the message <clears throat> that, you know, I try to carry when I go to these communities is, is just, just go pick up the tools, man. Go pick up the tools and use them. That's it. And I said, I guarantee you, your life will change. You will not need alcohol. 
You will not need drugs. You will not need all of these distractions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. That's yeah. uh that's very, very true. Uh before we let you go, uh, we always finish our interview what we call five rapid niche questions. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, question number one, baked or fried bannock? Fried. Question number two, ever use a door uh bed sheet for a door or curtain? <laughs> yeah for sure yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh, question number three ever see king of the north uh aka mr ernest mooney as live in concert i haven't seen him yet no heard lots of amazing things though he is he's a really good guy uh question number four indian taco or bannock burger indian taco fifth and last question can you jig (laughs) <laughs> mm. well i'm i am matey in it and, and i'm a sad sad jigger but i don't mind i don't mind giving it a try my grandma was the manitoba jigging champion so she always carried a piece of plywood in the trunk of her car <laughs> just in case just in case and my grandpa was a my grandpa was a he was the manitoba fiddling champion at one time and my dad plays guitar and you know i grew up very musical so yeah. um uh i actually i actually have an album on itunes oh, nice. that i wrote wrote myself and, and and sang in it it's called uh i am who i am is the name of the album and it's basically my book playing with fire turned into music and uh there's 10 different songs and there's a, there's a lot of recovery messages in there. And uh, yeah, it was a fun project to do. So awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, thanks Theo for coming on the show. Yeah. We really appreciate you taking time Thank with you. your Thank very you. busy schedule to come sit with us and uh, talk some hockey. We're really thankful and we uh, really appreciate it. Yeah. My pleasure. Always good hanging out with my bros, you know, yeah, for sure, man. And I mean, uh, yeah. it's good to see you again. And uh, it's always a pleasure to see you talk because it's uh, it's it's really good for our people. And we just really thank you and keep doing what you're doing because uh, yeah. we really love hearing you speak and sharing your your yeah. journey. And your journey's not done yet. And it's good to, yeah. good to mm-hmm. see you. And all, we wish you all yeah. the best. Well, you know, I always say, you know, I think the biggest shame is that you know, there's less than 10 Aboriginal players that play in the NHL with the yeah. amount of talent in our communities, you know, and, uh, you know, my advice to, to young kids is just work hard. And, uh, you know, when you get your opportunity, take it. If you got to yeah. leave home, take it. You can always go back home, right? You can yeah. always go back home. And those opportunities come once in a lifetime. And, uh, you know, when we're older, you know, we don't want to have any regrets about our life, you know. And so when the opportunity presents itself, you know, take advantage of it because, uh, um, you know, hockey is such an amazing sport. And, you know, everything I have in my life 
has come from the sport of hockey. And, you know, I left home when I was 15 years old to a strange city. And, uh, but it was probably the best decision that I made at that time because I went and played a higher level of hockey. I had better competition, you know, all those things. And that kind of propelled me, you know, towards my dream. And I finally made it there. And, you know, look at all I have to to okay. show for it, right? Yeah, so. yeah for sure. Right. But most That's importantly, awesome. I have so many memories, you know, in my head that, you know, I think, you know, that's that's why we play the game, right? Yeah. It's, it's for those memories and those opportunities. So, so yeah, any you young guys out there that, you know, are getting close to, you know, having that opportunity, take full advantage of it because, like I said, you don't want to have any regrets at the end of the day. Exactly. Well said. All right, man. Uh, thanks again. And uh, hopefully we'll see you down the, down the road sometime. Sounds good. Sounds All right, good, man. boys. All right. Take it easy. See ya. Take it easy, boys. Yep. Thanks. Hi. Ah. <laughs> uh, welcome back uh, from our interview with Theo. What a great guy and what a great story, man! This guy, this guy really had a a crazy journey in life. I mean, he did, yeah. And it's good to see that he's really he, he's telling his journey to other to other people, um, just not indigenous people, but to other people in general, and sharing his is great story and it's it's always i've i've heard him speak a number of times and it's always great to hear him speak so yeah thanks again theo for coming on the show it was it's uh it was it was a really fun time and i just uh like bush and i were talking about this off air like how is this guy not in a hockey elephant this guy like he meant what theo said he won so many championships Olympic yeah. goals, World Junior, Stanley Cup, Turner Cup. And this guy's not in the Hall of Fame. Like, the hell's around with that? So, we got to get a petition or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, but he's true what he said. Like, the era he played in, 80s, 90s, there was so many superstars compared to now where, like, Matthews and... There's a handful of NHL superstars, but when he played, there was every team had a two superstars. So I never really thought it like thought about it like that, like the ninety, like early nineties and stuff like that, and like how, like he's right. Every team had two superstars and two good enforcers who would kick the shit out of you if you went close (laughs) to those guys. Yeah. But yeah, great, great interview. It was fun. Um, I just want to give out a, a shout out. I totally forgot to mention it on the first half of the show. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Yukon First Nations Hockey, episode 95. I made a mistake. I said the, the Kilrich Yukon Native Hockey Tournament was, It's. I said it was held in Yellowknife. But it's not in Yellowknife. It's in Whitehorse, Yukon. And I made a mistake. So uh, thanks, Carrie, for the 
for letting me know. So, but yeah, um, that tournament's March 21st, 24th, 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that, uh, hope to see you guys make it up there is something we should think about going up there. I've never been up that, that area, Yukon. <laughs> looks like you're falling asleep. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> just kind of ah, jet lag, tired, exhausted. Yeah, all that uh, good stuff. It's uh, eight forty nine, so it's almost your bedtime. Do you got to go to work tomorrow? Yeah, I do. I went to work yeah. today. I didn't do much, but I went to work. <laughs> But yeah, so Kale Rich Yukon Native Hockey Tournament is in Whitehorse and not Yellowknife, like I said last uh, episode 95. So thanks for the clearing things up. And uh, yeah, man, something we should start maybe think about. Mm-hmm. Um, wants to, yeah. Where's uh, hockey top five this week? I told Bush to, to yep. make the top, top five. So let's go. All right, let's go. This week's top five res hockey moments from Phoenix Draft Tournament. I thought I'd uh, inject a little something, a little something, something. A little something, number something. F- the number five, it's got to be, for me, the excitement when you walk in and you see everybody coming into the draft party and everybody connecting and everybody's like wondering, look at the jerseys for the first time. Me. I wonder if people think like when they see us walk in, it's like, look at those assholes. <laughs> <laughs> number number four, actually no, this is probably number number two, number four of the draft weekend. Is waking up and going swimming at nine thirty in the morning when it's already plus twenty eight. Yeah, that was uh, that was really weird. Like we'd get up, go for breakfast, and it was like hot out. Yeah, it was nice. And, cool. But the thing is, there's like no breeze. It's like a hot, like a dry <laughs> hot. So yeah, that was it was fun. Um, number three is uh, reconnecting with your old friends that you played with last year or the year before. And you ask them, "Hey, what's going on? It's good to see all, all the high fives, the hugs, everything like that." Yeah, like uh, this. I've been playing in these tournaments for eight years. And it's, there's people that I played with and met for the first time eight years ago. And it a, it's always good to reconnect. It's just like going to a res tourney, yeah. seeing guys that you played with, seeing your friends, just mm-hmm. that reconnecting and saying, oh, how are you doing? How's everything? How's the family? And yeah. give a handshake or a hug <clears throat> or whatever. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly like that. And number two, it's got to be uh, meeting and uh, skating with Brent, with new teammates. That uh, you, you know, it's not not that anxiety, but what's that term I'm looking for? It's it's getting to know them. It's, it's just learning more about yourself as well, and readjusting, uh, adapting to a different play that you that you're not used to to new teammates. That too, and like like even playing in hockey in Phoenix, Arizona, Scottsdale, right? And like yep. not too many of us have skated before in Arizona where hockey's not not too popular. Mm-hmm. So and it is a, it's your surrounding, your teammates. So and that's the the one thing about the draft tournament, like your team has to gel 
the first game, like right yeah. away, first couple shifts, because you're only playing for two days. So yeah. your your team really has to click right away. And it's stop time too. Yeah. TV timeouts <laughs> and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. There's some problem. Yeah. And number mm-hmm. f- the top five reasons, the top reason for me is um I don't know if I, I blacked out, but I went to bed and my and my all of a sudden I woke up and my sticks were painted with or my sticks had pink tape on them. Um it was kind of a joke kind <laughs> scene I played. And my jerseys my and my jerseys sleeves were taped up too. I love I love doing pranks <laughs> on guys when it comes to hockey. Um Bush had his hockey jersey by my my clothes bag, so I taped up with Shingar tape his his wrist his uh, arms so when he'd put his uh, jersey on his he wouldn't be able to put it on because they were taped. <laughs> but Bush you know caught the, on. You know what that is strange because when you unravel Shingar tape, it's loud, and I, I wasn't sleeping. I was just kind of on my phone, this and that, and you, you managed to do that really quietly. <laughs> what I did, I just went like a, I rolled it out long. Did I just? Oh. Went quietly. Okay. <laughs> but but you walked into the to the other room where the, when like our coaches in our suite, you walked yeah. into the room and I just threw the tape down and I thought you caught me. Oh you, no! I, guess you did it. <laughs> I was gonna do that and I, I was gonna put shingard on shingar tape on your skates, but I was like, I better not. He'd probably slip <laughs> too hard. He's an old man and <laughs> break a hip or something. Jeez. But yeah, uh, Bush, t- his team was all p- he had pink shells, pink socks, pink jersey. So I went into the the hockey store that inside the arena and I bought pink tape. And while Bush was dressing up for his first game, I managed to tape all his three sticks with pink tape. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. that's funny. I used them all weekend. It, it worked on Saturday, but not Sunday. But not Sunday, not no. But the question is, now that you have pink tape on your hockey stick, are you gonna leave them on your stick? Yeah, if I if we ever get our sticks back, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll leave if them we on. Get... Damn, I can't believe Westchad. Yeah, nine sticks, sticks in total, right? Yeah, well, nine I'll sticks in total I'll... between the three of us guys. Yeah, nine yeah. sticks. Shit, that's not cheap either. No. I was doing the math. The cost of place my sticks are total is be what I say, two eighty, just under five hundred dollars. Three sticks. I didn't know Canadian Tire was that expensive. Well, you know it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hopefully uh, we get them back in a couple of days. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, Joe Ratcliffe, for not coming skating Wednesday night, I have no sticks. Yeah, we have no sticks. Well, I got one stick left, but now roads are bad. And like uh, it's uh, winter time now, so all the like highways have been icy, black ice. Um, something that Theo said. He said there's like when they played the Oilers in the playoffs, there were, it was it was hate that he wanted to hurt guys. Um, is there still quotation marks? Heat in the game, like the rivalries, like compared to like uh, no. LA, like back in the eighties, nineties, like Colorado, Detroit, Edmonton, 
uh, Calgary, Toronto. Who is, who is Toronto? Montreal, I guess, right? Montreal, Boston, yeah. Um, like, is there still so. rivalries? And is there still hate where, like, someone's gonna say, "I freaking hate that team so much, I'm gonna go out there and two hunt him." No, no, I think a lot of that has to do with with uh, Batman's decision to realign playoff formats. Because there's no yeah. more bat, there's no more guaranteed battle of Alberta. There's no more uh, Broadway stuff with the Islanders and Rangers anymore. Like, there's those divisions. Are just not existing in the playoffs anymore. Yeah, that's I true. Think that has a little probably. I'd say that's a a good seventy five percent of the reason. And then two people just the games evolved to where the where uh, there's no more Dave Semenko's. There's no more uh, there's George LaRocks anymore. They're too slow. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. Like, I mean, you. you you put him. You put uh, George LaRocque on a line with, uh, let's just say Matthews and uh, and um, Marner. Like, what's yeah. he? <laughs> yeah, it'd be a big waste. It'd be like so, playing five five on four. Yeah. So I just I just think today's game. There's no players don't want to fight. It seems because the instigator rule, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think Batman is. Well, I mean, we all know Batman's ruining the game. Like, how is know. that guy? He's been a commissioner for over <laughs> thirty years. Like, how is he still yeah. in the league? I know, and his legacy is gonna is uh, he's gonna have three NHL lockouts under his belt. <laughs> and like with the more teams, it's kind of just watering down the player yeah. talent, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that goes with that goes with uh, Theron said in his era. There's what. Maybe five, what, maybe 30 teams? Yeah. No, if no, that. Not t- 24 or something. Yeah, like 20. That. As low as like maybe 21. So, yeah. So, they're, you had to be superstars to make to crack the, the NHL. Like, there's, he said there's a lot of players that were highly skilled. He talked about Sakic, Lemieux, Niedermay. Like, everybody was just good. And now there's, okay, okay. Oh, holy crap, this player is good. Oh yeah, average, average, average. Oh yeah, holy crap! Yeah, he's got. He made a good point there. Yeah, he did. Okay, I'm just looking at Theo's stats. The most he scored in a season was 104 points in 1991. Okay, now I'll put 1990-91 NHL scoring leaders. Okay, let's go. Okay, yep. I found it. And let's uh Gretzky had 163 points. Brett Hall had 86 goals. Holy jeez. Holy jeez. No one's ever gonna have 163 points, even in today's game. Like I don't think no. David will ever hit that much. No. Well, definitely not now. <laughs> 86 goals? Jeez. Uh, Brett Hall. Okay, Gretzky had 163 points. Number two was Brett Hall. He had 131 points. Adam Oates, 115. Shit. John Cullen had 110 points that year. Oh, boy. For Hartford? Really? I know. Boy. <laughs> like, you just look at the top 10. Gretzky, Hall, Oates, Recky, Sackick, Eisenman. 
Al McKinnis, Steve Lammer, they're all in the Hall of Fame. Only yeah. ones are not Theo and John Cullen. Wow, what a list. That's cool, though. Yeah. Uh, anything else before uh, we call it an, a week in skedaddle? Nope. Just I am good. For the just drive, drive just, safely out there, please. Yeah, just there's no rush. If you're going to a hockey tournament, hockey parents, leave early. There's not no rush, right? Drive safe. You don't want no accidents. Um, just to show that we are really committed to this show. We get we didn't go to Shania Twain tonight. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I wouldn't have gone anyways. Um, anything else? Uh no, I'm good. You're good. Yeah. I'm good. Uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for joining us for episode 96 yeah. of Rest Hockey. I'm Travin with me as always with Bush. So we really thank, thank you guys for sitting around with us and hanging out with us while we talk some puck. Um, we're going to yeah. start Cuz of the Week again. Cuz of the Week. If you yes. know of anyone that wants to be Cuz of the Week, shoot us a message on Facebook or Instagram and We'll make it happen. We haven't been doing that lately, so I want to pick it up and start doing it again. So, yeah, because of the week, it's cool. So, if you know of anyone, shoot us a message and we'll make it happen. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys again next week. Uh, Take care of each other, love each other, respect each other, and uh, we'll see you. Yeah, we will. You're not going to say don't share water bottles? Don't share water bottles, kids. I did not share mine at all this week. I did not get sick. I was bad for that. I had one in my bag. I bought one. I never used it. I was using everyone else's water bottle. Oh. Luckily, I didn't get. Luckily, I didn't get sick. <clears throat> but yeah, don't do that. It's a uh, cold yeah. and flu season. So yeah, better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see you guys again next week. Peace. Peace.